everyone, welcome to another episode of the Stone Genius. It's the podcast edition. There's no other edition. So if you're listening and you're like, wow, is there another edition? No, there is no other edition. There should be another edition, like a port edition. But every time I try to hit record, Bobby always slaps my hand away from the phone. So we all know how that is. Okay, so I got a guess because I needed someone. I wanted to talk about a subject. And this person uh, and me had kind of mentioned this before. And I thought he would be a great person to welcome back to the show. And we're going to be talking about younger generations. But welcome back to the show, Rick Ross. Hey, Rick. Yes, sir. Hey, buddy. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good, man. Surviving day by day. So we were we were uh, talking a little bit uh, before we hit record, and you got some uh, a couple of health things going on. And when I initially called you, I had I was using one of the voice modulate or whatever you call yeah. it in here, yeah. and I'd said that I'd sat on my balls, which oh, I will tell yeah. you, I was joking about it at this point, but I will not confirm or deny whether i've ever sat on my balls before so but get, getting old sucks i think I've, we all yeah i think we all do at some point my biggest question is you had mentioned your shoulder and here's the thing is yeah. i had uh, a slap tear so the the labrum tear and then they also had bone spurs and some uh rotator yeah. cuff damage not fun and when I had that shoulder surgery done, and I had had 11 knee surgeries, I said I would have 100 more knee surgeries before I would have a shoulder surgery. You had 11 again. knee surgeries? Yeah. Replacement? or No, or, the last or, one was a replacement. The, the 11th was a replacement, a partial uh, on my, my right. Did you, have, it, did you have torn meniscus or tear your – what did you tear? That so I, it was meniscus, so then I got bone on bone. And, uh, uh, yep. it, and what Nothing had happened was, was um, when – I had my first knee surgery. I was going to Metcalf South Shopping Center, entering on, and people are going to be listening and not know these ge, uh, this geography, but you would. So entering the, the backside of Metcalf South, like on a snowy day, and I was on crutches because I just had my right knee operated. And as soon as those crutches hit the tile floor, they went out from underneath okay. me. And I, I tore my uh, left knee up. So I literally had gone back and forth, five on each, and then my sixth on my right, which was my Jeez. 11th overall, was a partial replacement, which our friend uh, Dan Gurley did. Wow. Yeah. Who was it, Gurley? Yeah. yeah. He's, my doc- he's my doctor, too. Yeah. 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 So And then he did, my, he, he did my shoulder. He did a great job on my shoulder. I just... You know, it, when when you have a at least well maybe you don't know, but, but people when when you have a knee replacement, generally they yeah. will have you walk like I think they had me walk two hundred steps. I had to walk a hundred steps out bit. and a hundred yeah. steps back, like mm-hmm. with the same day or next same day. day. Yeah. And yeah. then when I had my shoulder done, they're like, "Hey, keep it in the sling for six weeks. See ya. Bye bye." Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing. But, yeah. You know. I, I, Gurley's done so many surgeries. I, mean, I think I paid for his house in the Hamptons. Uh, I'll be honest. Yeah. I don't know. I know. I know. I'm facing my eighth coming up here, eighth in three years. So I know. Do, do you uh, do you keep track of like uh, any of the alumni rest in peace things from any of the schools you've attended, or actually, you know, and, and you were with some companies that probably have some sort of 
not alumni, but I mean, probably close knit what you what you used to do as a career. So uh, do, do you ever keep an eye? Because I hear about people my age or even like spouses that are younger than we are dying. And I'm like, eh, yeah. Dying of, uh, you mean natural causes or something weird shit happens or? Uh, generally natural causes at this point. Yeah. You know, 15 wow. years ago was a car accident or something, you know, and you're like, oh, that was so young. And now it's like, eh, they didn't wake up. Well, I guess that's one way to go. Well, I mean, I'm 54 and, and it's hard to, you know, it, it takes me with my current ailments, which is left knee is getting replaced in two weeks. I tore my left rotator cuff again for the third time. I just had shoulder replacement on my right shoulder in September. So, you know, I'm a walking fucking doctor's wet dream for billing purposes, but um, it's just, I feel so bad every day. I want to think I put a gun in my mouth. It's just, so, it's not hold on. So here I just had, this is a great way to tie this in, in many ways. Mm -hmm. uh, so we were going to talk about the younger generation. And one thing I was going to talk about at some point was sports. So when yep. I was the Nikon rep at Best Buy, uh, I think it was the summer, it had to be the summer of 2019. This was pre-pandemic, and that would have been the only summer I was there, and pre-pandemic. And um, they had like a carnival, like on a Sunday night, it was a, a, like a July night, it was hot out. So they had like, they were gonna have a dunk tank. Employees. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, an employee, you know, well, whatever, you know, yeah. to make everyone who hated their job and going every day, they would go yeah. to this and they would be like, oh, you know what? Yeah, yeah, I love I'm my job. Yeah. yeah, I got to dunk my manager or supervisor last night, so I am totally yeah. not going postal. Mm -hmm. um, but when that was happening, the day of that, <laughs> The two other reps, and, and I'm a couple years older than you are. I'm 56. The reps yeah. that were with me, and I just had one of them on, the Sony rep, Anthony Escalante, was just on the program recently. But uh, he was, so I'm trying to do the math because I was younger. He was, I think he was about 35 years younger. I think he was about 20 when I was 55. So about 35 years younger. And the day of this Car let's just call it a carnival, carnival. Yeah, yeah yeah they were watching videos on youtube on how to throw a ball yeah. and i'm not kidding they literally and, and it wasn't like just one person yes yeah they did not and and i'm like thinking uh you know they what are, I, like like are they trying to are they trying to figure out how to throw it harder like like, yeah. they know how to throw a ball. They're just trying to figure out how to sure. throw it like a pit. No, 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 no. They had no idea. I never really, and when I started thinking about it, if they threw something to me, they always tossed it underhand. They never, I never had seen anyone throw, and it wasn't just one of them. It was a majority, and I worked with mostly young white males in suburban, very affluent Johnson County, Kansas. And I was shocked by the number of guys. I mean, have you ever seen someone that doesn't know how to throw? So they don't know the release point. And a lot of times they'll throw it down into the ground like a child. That's what these, what I would have called grown adults were doing. Okay, so we just, uh, we got disconnected. So uh, Rick's back on the line. So have you ever seen, I mean, have you, 
has, have you been aware of that? Like kids nowadays don't need to, don't seem to know basic athletic stuff that we knew growing up. No, I mean, I, I my stepson is pretty athletic and he's only good hoping he's trying out for the golf team at blue Valley does pretty well. But, you know, I mean, beyond having special needs kids, um, I just don't, I mean, I get what your point is to, you know, cause they're, everything is media related. They're going to the TVs. You want to YouTube to watch how to throw a ball, how to jack off, whatever. But, right. but you know, I, I don't, and, and lack, um, obviously the parents presence, cause this is what they're turning to. Um, I could see it being reality, but I've never like come across it myself to be honest. Yeah. I was just, so. it just was shocking that, uh, that they, that they were just like, like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, it, it is totally. Yeah. It, it, it was totally. just, it, it was just interesting and. I, I don't. I, I mean, what here, here what is kids. your biggest gripe with the younger younger generation? I mean, where do I start? I mean, I I the reason that I'm facing surgery number eight in two weeks is because of the work ethic of these kids in Johnson County. It, it is fucking pathetic. I mean, I, I I've had the you know the plan. My wife started her company, the food truck catering company, it was gonna franchise it for and sell franchises just like it is in the hotel business and after that's gonna be after a year but then COVID hit uh the second month after she started the company and um you couldn't you know private equity uh PE money went away virtual venture capitalist money went away VC money and, and PE money is that as far as what we're going to use to build the infrastructure to be able to sell that product right to sell the brand right. So at that point, it was just work it yourself. So, you know, we're bringing kids in and, and talking to them. And these are friends of my wife's daughters, you know, Blue Valley, Johnson County, East, West, you know, these kids that have money or, or born, parents are born with money. And, and not that they have money, but they have whatever they want. But, you know, we're starting kids and, and got to a point where it was, you know, offering 17, 18 and had to settle on a number of 20 bucks an hour to sit there and take an order to the window. Not do yeah. a fucking thing. That's it. And then people stuff the tip jar. And then at night, my wife was like, well, they weren't part of the tip. I'm like, well, they can suck my dick and we're part of the tip because they didn't do anything for, except take a fucking order. That's right. it. Yeah. Nope. They're not getting, if they don't like it, they don't, they don't, they don't come back. I mean, in one time, I asked this kid to, to help empty the trash. And after she had a, a big dinner shift, and he's like, oh, well, we didn't discuss that. We just discussed the you know, taking tickets to get orders. I'm like, I'm sorry? He's like, yeah, we, I, I didn't know. know that was part of the deal. I would have asked for more money. I'm like, you're getting paid 20 bucks an hour cash. Uncle Sam doesn't know about you. You don't exist. Right. And you've been working here for 20 hours a week. Are you on fucking crack? So basically that was that. I told him to get the fuck out. And I've told a lot of Johnson County kids to get the fuck out. And I told my wife, I said, listen, you want to hire somebody who has a work ethic? Get the fuck out. Don't, don't look at a resume from Johnson County. Yeah. You want to hire from KCK, Gardner, Olathe. Shawnee, KCMO. I mean, no, they have to work. They they don't have mommies and daddies to give them whatever they want. They got to work. It's so, tough. Uh, and you know, back in the day when I was I was with Best Buy back at the turn um, turn of the millennium. Uh, I was back there. Uh, I was back in Best Buy. I left there in January of two thousand. And back yeah. then we had people. Um, 
that would work at her stores. And it was still in Johnson County. It was the, uh, the yeah. Lenexa store right. that I was at. But we would have kids that would work there, and they were shitty, but you could fire yeah. them at that time from a huh? big corporation because you'd be like, well, you're a shitty worker. You're fired. And they didn't care because then they would go home no. and, and sit around until their parents had told them to go out and get a, another job, and they would do it because they didn't really care about getting the job or getting fired. They just no. were doing what their parents wanted them to do. Well, now it's almost impossible yeah. to fire someone. And well, it's hard I mean, to it's it, hard to hire someone too. I mean, the the yeah. the things that I would see come in uh, when we lost our original Canon rep, we went through one after another, and they they were just oh my god! I the the interaction and and like you said the the, the work ethic and even starting uh, before then i remember on days that there were like it would snow like 2 inches or the mm -hmm. or the forecast would be for 4 inches of snow in Kansas City and we would get a dusting well they would call in it would be like well mm -hmm. and, and yep. it didn't Taking matter i i wasn't in charge of them i didn't care but yeah. i would ask i'd be like well yeah. why didn't you come in could you not get out of your parking lot or something they'd be like Nah, it just yeah. it just sounded like it. I just didn't feel like it. I mean, they didn't try. I mean, I remember we would yeah. have to slide to the mm -hmm. bottom of the hill and then leave our mm -hmm. car there, somehow crawl back up the hill to our house to call into work and, and then be apologetic that mm -hmm. we couldn't make it into work on a, a treacherous day. And, and here they're yeah. like, ah, the forecast was bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the deal is Kansas is is a is a uh, Atwell state, so you don't have to give them shit to fire. But um, you know, the thing is, I lived in L.A. as you know for fifteen, for almost fourteen years, and uh, problem I had immediately when I got there was I recognized the employees were were, and there's nothing wrong with this because obviously that's what kids are, you do, but. I compare it to myself, right? Or you? I'm like, I'm, I started working when I was 15, and I was busting tables, and I started mowing lawns, and I was doing two jobs at once, and helped pay for my first car half. My dad met me halfway, and and that kind of shit. And out there, it's like in LA, people are late for work. It's either oh, it's traffic, or I was surfing earlier. I'm like, I don't get. Then you fucking leave earlier. Right. I, I mean, I, I, I my, my me myself, I was living in first three years I moved out there I was living in Irvine. Uh, in Orange County, and my the hotel I was managing was a double tree in San Pedro, which is outside of Long Beach. So it's about 34 miles, right? And so they would fly my wife and I up up there to check out the city and everything on the weekends, and we'd make that drive. And I'm like, fuck, babe, this is nothing. It's like going to Lawrence. Yeah, we used to go to Lawrence, see my friends, and this is nothing. Right. So never went midweek during work. So my first day, I'm all jacked up, getting ready to go to the house at 630. So I get there in time for my morning meetings, and I didn't get there until 8.15. It took me fucking an hour, yeah, hour and 45, is that right? Yeah. yeah, to get to fucking work. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't go down the 405 and just didn't move. I'm like, holy shit. So I finally got it down to an ass-ass where I would leave my house by 6 a.m., and I would get there by 7.05 or 7.10. Because um, then we would leave that early, and then I couldn't leave to go home until seven thirty or eight o'clock at night. Then it would yeah. take me a straight hour, you know. Yeah. But um, you know, the the fact is that the the kids that and it was a union hotel. That was the other the other part of the equation that 
I had never dealt with before in Kansas City. There was no union hotels here. So union hotel is, <laughs> you know, you've got a union rep and these, and everybody has a uh, position as part of the union. You're a bellman, you're a houseman, you're a front desk agent, you're whatever it may be. But, you know, in Kansas City, if, if you work for me, if I see a piece of trash in the hallway or lobby, I ask my bellman to go pick it. He's like, yes, sir, I got to go pick it up and throw it away. Right. So I did that the first week I was there in L.A. And he's like, oh, it's not my job. I'm like, excuse me? He's like, no, I'm, I'm just a bellman. He's like, you should call a houseman. I'm like, no, I'm asking you to pick it up now. He said, no, I won't. I'll call my union rep. <laughs> I was like, is this a fucking joke? I mean, so it was got to the point where I started to myself because I didn't want to ask anybody. Um, and I would bust tables in the morning after breakfast because my food and beverage director was the same way. She didn't want to fuck with the union or have any problems, so I would help her do that. And we kept laughing, saying she was the highest paid food and beverage director in the company. And that was the highest paid bellman or busboy and buswoman. And I was the highest paid busboy. But, you know, that I never thought I would see that exist in Kansas City, but right. it does. It's horrible. Well, and the thing is, these oh, get fired. They, so I will tell you, I will tell you this, that I will, I don't, so my position at Best Buy, it was what's called, it was called a VPL, which is called vendor provided labor. So I was a Best Buy employee, except my salary was paid by Nikon. And there was people paid by Sony, by Canon. So it was, they wanted me to work certain hours and they wanted me to only deal with Nikon first and secondary. I could help out in the camera department. I wasn't supposed to help out anymore anywhere else. So people would come and ask me, you know, they'd be like, um, Hey, can you help me with this? And it was right across the aisle. I go, I'll call someone and get them. And they're like, you can't. And I'd be like, no, I can't because my job, because if if Nikon can't, because I wasn't going to get fired and I get it because Nikon was paying Best Buy to have me do a job. So I do get that sometimes. And I say currently my full-time gig, my thing that, well, I say gives me I uh, I got to look at the the Affordable Health Care Act because the only reason I work is for my uh, my benefits. Yeah, and it, yeah, because yeah. It, and it and this is not a joke. I had yeah. a paycheck that my my health insurance was taken out of that paycheck. Seventy six cents. That's what the direct deposit was. So that's that's why I go to work. But I am a salesperson, and we're a small store. We're a it's a it's uh, two owners, one of the owners' wives, and then there's four full time salespeople, and we sell mm-hmm. shoes, and that is my yeah. job. And we're we're small, and I get it. There's there's yeah. things to do. Make sure shoes are priced. Make sure there's dusting. Make sure there's this, that, and the other. I get that. However. Right. When you have four full-timers, seven employees that are actually working on the floor as well, I mean, total, mm-hmm. you can only do that so often. Sure. And so, you know, I had had the debate with them. They always want me to be busy. And I go, you don't pay yeah. me to be busy. And they, right. I go, you pay me to do sales. And they go, that's the commission. Mm-hmm. They go, your hourly is so you can do the other stuff. I go, no, the hourly is so I am here and available to do sales. Mm-hmm. That is what that's yeah. for. And I don't mind doing the other stuff. And I would always be, right. and I'm not, the, and that's the other thing that, um, 
a lot of people, like you said, will say, well, that's not my job. And sometimes it really yeah. isn't their job. I mean, and, right. and for us, here I'll relate it, when I was coaching Trinity's basketball team. So unbeknownst yeah. to the parents, I took these third grade girls, decided to teach them zone defense. So uh, we, the next game we go out and they start playing zone and all the parents are yelling, guard someone, guard this, guard that. And I keep saying, you guys need to be quiet. They're playing zone because, you know, they yeah. didn't understand that wasn't their job. And so sometimes it's just, and so I understand the, I, I understand both of your views because yeah. um, it's, you should be able to do something, not because you're forced to, but because you do have, you know, just because I'm the bellboy or the bus boy, whatever, whatever, if you see trash on the floor, I should care enough about where I work that I want to pick that up. Yeah. Or that yeah, the exactly. bathrooms the need to be clean that I will go do that. I mean, you yeah. know, and now it's like, that's not my job. Oh, my no. God. Just fucking and do it. I quickly it. became an enemy, you know, when I had my first all-employee meeting introduction in L.A. at, my, at the hotel at Doubletree. I said, hey, um, my motto has always been that um, the minute you put a name tag on and walk through that front door of the hotel, everything's your job. So I've heard people say that no, that's not my job, not my job, not my job. And, of course, the funny thing is that after this meeting, within an hour, I called from the union rep to have a meeting. Right. But I said, everything's your job. You're, you'll do what somebody asks of you, an upper manager, whether it's sales, food and beverage, or to do this, you will do whatever they said. And it was a place where I got where, you know, the night one of the story about how I started as a busboy in a hotel. And by the time I was 23, I was a GM. And it was like, really? I'm like, yeah. And hard work, man. You know, I got there, busting my ass, working long hours for shit bay when I was young in Kansas City. But you yeah. know what? I was happy to get paid at that what? age. I would love to. I mean, but now, I mean, they just look at you weird when you even talk about the old days, right? They're like, yeah. well, fuck, I don't. I mean, these kids like like my stepdaughter's friends are like high school. The parents are buying sixty thousand dollars jeeps. I'm like, what? What yeah. do you have to look forward to? I mean, what? Yeah. And this is a I got a story. A friend, uh, this is one of those uh, asking for a friend story. So, a buddy of mine, um, he is married, and um, his he married with two stepdaughters. Both go to KU. Um, one is going to be 21 on Tuesday. So, as a birthday gift. Uh, his wife and he decided that she, she gets, needs a new car and she does it's she's driving an older car and it's had some problems and they have a 15 year old son they're going to pass it down to him and so they went to a dealership um that he had known the fam the family that owned will be named i'm not going to say who it was but the dealership that he had known through family for 50 years um and they find a i don't know why she was leaning this way or wanted but they found a 2021 Volkswagen Tiguan that had 15,000 miles on it for 19.5, right? And first of all, I never got a car that expensive ever for my parents, but so brand new. Like you said, you look. He said you look at the back seat and like them to sit in, sat in. The thing is amazing, beautiful, perfect. Blah, blah, blah. He goes, I'm with my wife driving it, and so she's on the phone with with uh, her daughter, my stepdaughter. Uh, his and and taking pictures of the car and sending it and she's like all excited oh my god I love it that's great I mean USB ports oh it's great so then he gets out of the car because on the test drive uh, his wife wants to quit to get a diet coke so he had taken some pictures of the car 
sent them to her, made a long pause because she was hitting them up every every five seconds for more information. Her reply was, oh, it's silver? I really don't want silver. I wanted white. I'm thinking, what? He's like, yeah. She gave me 21 on Monday, doesn't have a job, just goes to school. And she's basically going, I said, well, you're going to give her free, right? She's not paying. She paying? He's like, no, not dying. I'm covering the cost. And she doesn't want it because it's silver. Right. I mean, if it, if it was fucking white or yellow or purple, so it's going to be a brand new fucking car, basically. That just irks me to no end. And the same thing happened with he had a 15-year-old stepson who started playing golf, really liked the sport, got into it. And they found a pair of Ping G400s on a third-party site. Um, I can't remember what it was, but he buys them the golf clubs. Kid loves them, starts playing, plays with them, and his golf game gets really good. And, and three months later, he wants to get uh, blades, like uh, yeah. Tyler's blades, get, which pros play with. Right. Right. So you have to be really good. He's not that good, but the parents, he didn't. The mother caved and said, okay, we'll get you the blades. So 1200 for the pings he got. Blades come in, they're 2400 He's like, yeah, they're okay. And I'm like, he told my story and he's shocked. I'm like, bro, my first, my first set of pings I got, I fucked them. I used to sleep with them. I love them so much. I, I, I don't, I don't get it. What? It's only because Johnny on the golf team plays the blades. That's the reason he wants blades. Yeah. So well, they're good looking. I mean, blades are good looking. I played, uh, I played with bl- blades way, way too long. I should have given them up probably 10 years before I gave them up. Uh, cause they are, right. they're, they're good looking. I, I, I like a good looking classic line on a golf club. And yeah, sure. so, so sure. I, I can, like, as a golf aficionado, I can, I can totally understand that being drawn to a blade like that, but, but fuck if, if you're truly trying to play the game and get better or actually yeah. even just enjoy the game, that sweet spot yeah. is so small. I mean, that's, Yeah. Yeah, that. No, we all know. I mean, obviously, at age 15, if you're starting, you need a ca- heavy cavity back club like a thing that has weight to it. All right. The blades are built for pros. They're thin as fuck that they, you got to hit your sweet spots fucking half as big or third as big as what you used to have in a regular club. And if you don't, you're going to fucking, it's going to ping the left and the right. It's going to hurt your wrist. I mean, but he said he couldn't tell him that. He couldn't. He goes, he goes Rick, I've been playing golf for 40 years. And I tried to explain it to him. And he's like, no, I want those. So they go. I'm like, I just, it's so, so hard to wrap my head around. I probably know the answer to this because of all the uh, things that you got going on health-wise right now. But you used to play a lot of golf. Since you moved back to the Midwest, have you played much golf? You know, um, I played... I moved back in 17. I was able to play in 18. And then all my uh, injuries, body, all my rotator cuff injuries and everything. So I played for two years. But for 18 and 19, and then 2020, um, that's when my first rotator cuff was torn. Then my second one was in March. Um, I'm sorry. It was in September. I had surgery on that in December. Then it was my wrist for severe arthritis in March. I mean, so to answer your question, I haven't been able to pick, I actually sold my clubs. I, I sold my clubs. I bought in LA Cal They were you know, at that point, five years ago, six years ago. 
or in 2017 before I left the bottom, they were top of the line. So the irons, the drivers, everything, uh, they're ping um, drivers. I had Cowley wedges. I had uh, Cowley uh, uh, irons and wedges. And everything. so I sold, and the bag too. I sold everything for 3000 bucks to some guy last year. They had about seven grand in them. So in 2018, I had to have, well, I didn't have to. Uh, I had played the previous 12 months to that time. I had played 295 rounds of golf. And I had determined that that was not enough golf. And so, um, but I was having trouble with my left hand. Uh, It hurt when I played golf, but I was having trouble even like picking up a pillow. I didn't have any dexterity in my thumb and I had crushed this joint. And they go, well, you need to have it operated on and. So, you know, you'll take a few months up, blah, blah, blah. And so I had it operated on. The thumb surgery was amazing. It did well. The problem is being someone who's adopted, I didn't know my yeah. background. And I have a, a evidently a family history of Dupuytren's contracture. So when I had the surgery in my thumb, it set that off in my hand. So I'm unable to grab a golf club. So I've been able to play... Uh, I played nine holes at two separate times in the last six years. And the weird thing is, is I was with, uh, I was doing stuff with Nike golf. And so they had given me a set of their old, uh, vapor fly, which wasn't the, the, it it, it wasn't the uh, tiger woods blades, but it wasn't the full on, uh, there was another vapor that was like a full on cavity bat. Well, I stopped playing yep. like I probably used those two or three times and they are in mm-hmm. mint condition. And I just heard that Tiger Woods is hey, leaving done, or so what? Yeah. Nike, so they're completely well, done. Nike stopped, they stopped their whole golf line. So those, those are going to be valuable. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, lo- I was looking online and I was surprised the, the sets. Where they were. They, I mean, I was looking and, and sets that were, Pretty well used. I mean, because this set has yeah. been, you know, it's been available for Maybe. like six, seven years, eight years, something like yeah. that. And they were pretty well damaged and, uh, or, you know, have bag dings yeah. and stuff. And right. they were still getting mid sixes, low seven hundreds for it. So I was really, yeah. and mine are in mint condition. And yeah, I keep I thinking, you know, I need to be like you. I, cause, once, once I kind of got to the the realization that I wasn't going to be able to physically play, it just wasn't fun because I yeah. couldn't grab a club. Uh, I stopped watching golf. I mean, we live on a golf course, and mm-hmm. the only thing I think of when I'm watching these guys is that's a shit shot or why are you yeah. guys playing when it's 35 degrees and snowing out? I mean, right. you know, right. I, but but I used to do that. I'm sure you probably, there's probably days that you were like, I can't believe I would have been out playing on a day like this. But mm-hmm. so I don't miss that, but I cannot get rid of my clubs because the most fun I had playing was, uh, I loved playing golf with uh, Bobby, my wife and our two kids. And, right. and so I keep thinking that, you know, golf is something that, if you live to 60, 70, 80, you should still be able to enjoy that, hopefully. Oh, so so I haven't yeah. sold them, but I really need to. I mean, I just... Well, my, my deal my deal was this. I kept seeing the garage, and it kept making my, my stomach would drop every time I saw them. It came back from another surgery or whatever, and I'm like, fuck, man, I can't. 
So it was worth more to me to sell them. So I'm like, these are six years old. So I'll just buy a new set when I'm ready to play. But God knows if I can ever play again. But there's no reason to have depreciating assets sitting in your garage like that. So that's the main reason I get rid of them. Plus, you know, with the bag getting the money back. But, um, you know, there's golf is like electronics, right? Technology changes every six months or a year and they come out with faster and, and, you know, longer, you know, Drivers right. go crush the bus further, and this is graphite. That's this, you know, whatever. But um, you know, so it, it it changes, and it's always consistently better, um, just like electronics. But it, it is what it is. I just couldn't. You know, it was more personal with me than that. I mean, I had so much fun with those clubs, and played so many great courses in Los Angeles, and came back here, and I just it wasn't the same. Yeah, I used to follow you when you played out in Los Angeles because especially when it was winter time and you were playing out there and it was shit ass here because that was the thing is very rarely would I go more than 10 days during the winter without playing. But usually that meant I was playing on a barely sunny 42 degree day with zero wind. And I was having to play. Uh, The lowest I got was a 6-2. And then when I started wow. having, th- I think that when I stopped tracking, uh, I got it on my phone. I don't want to ruin the call. That's pretty good. Uh, I, it was at a 10. Yeah. And my problem was at that time when I got down that low, I was playing every day, but I rarely yeah. practiced. So I was working right. at um, the uh, uh, Heart of America course over in Swope Park. So I, yeah. I had gone back to school to finish a degree. So I was working part-time there, but I was working almost every day. And so right. I had committed to myself, I'm going to play at least nine holes or I'm going to play the part three or I'm going to play Swope. I'm going to be playing every single day before I, get, sure. I I go on or after. But I never practiced. And so what I got to, yeah. I got to that point, at, at, it's just over six, that you know, if I would have spent some time on, you know, I was missing putts. I was, you know, there were two or three putts every round that, you know, yeah. I, you know, that was three strokes that caught, you know, an inch and a half uh, cost me three strokes. Well, I mean, it, it, yeah, I mean, it, you know, that's people don't really know this, but that's more most important club in your bag. If you can shave off, two, you know, if you three putt every hole consistently, that's not good. So. Yeah. You can bust your ass driving at 260, then getting on in two and a par five, and if you four putt, then, you know, it's horrible. Well, and that's the, I don't think a lot of people understand that, especially that aren't golfers, how hard it is to even shoot 80. I mean, so the lowest I ever shot um, was a 70. And I had the chance to shoot a 69 once, and I had sworn off I would never have. It was at a course in North Carolina, and I was—I actually got to the 18th hole and got bogged down at the the tee box on the 18th hole so much so that I called my wife to say, "All I have to do is bogey this hole, and I shoot a 69." Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think yeah. I ended up triple bogey. I mean, my drive. I mean. It couldn't have right. gone any further out of bounds. I mean, the only way it could yeah. have gone further right is if it would have gone to the left. No, it, it was yeah. it was horrible. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that that was my problem, and uh, I was never a super long hitter, so I really had to, my approach shots. That's what that's what I had to get good. At. And I was. Well, I think it's 
I mean, obviously, you know, that was probably the, you know, the happiest times I would have with my buddies playing golf. And, and I, it's depressing to think that I don't know if I'll ever have that again. Yeah. I mean, I, I really don't. I mean, it's terrible. So. Well, I will tell you here, and this may be a blessing that I have, because because of my hand, I just have no desire to play. Just like when yeah. I played basketball for three hours the night before my knee replacement surgery in 2010, and I don't think I've oh. I've watched more than 10 seconds of a basketball game since. I just yeah. it became disinterested I get, I get because it, I can't do it. Uh, I know. So, but the sometimes I just. Yeah, I, I loved. Yeah. I, I did love playing golf, but what I was going to say is, I, I think part of me not wanting to play right now. So we had this is this is probably my biggest fear about returning to golf. Actually, it yeah. may be my biggest fear in life. There is a tick-borne illness called Alpha Gal. Uh, yeah. So you can get by, bit by a tick called the Lone Star Tick. Uh, Alpha Gal makes you allergic to. Uh, red meats or anything comes from an animal with red meat. So no milk. Yeah. Uh, no, it's like, it's like a hyper. I mean, this is anaphylactic shock. I mean, this, you can't even like, you can't even cook on the same grill. Like if, if if you're buddy of mine, a hunter, sorry to cut you off. uh, a hunter and hunted religiously all his life. Uh, last year, he finally got Lyme disease from a fucking tick, and his life's just like you, you can't recognize him. It's just like terrible. Yeah. So we terrible. had a, a a a woman that my wife worked with, uh, her husband and her. They moved to uh, Hot Springs, Arkansas, to retire, right. so he could play golf. Right. Loved playing golf. Bought the cart. Had multiple sets of clubs. All this stuff. Uh, within, within the first year of retirement, he got alpha gal. That's how I became familiar with it. So when we went down to visit him and he was one of the people I played nine holes with, um, and, uh, but he couldn't, he couldn't even smell like if, if red meat was cooking, if he smelled it, he'd go into anaphylactic shock. So, and, uh, they said that, so the deal was, I guess it, it, some points from what I understand is at about a year, the symptoms may subside or they won't and you'll have them forever. Well, his did not subside. So he ended up taking his own, he ended up taking his own life. And I've told my wife, I am a meat person. I am the only thing better than meat and potatoes is more meat and potatoes. There is no way I, I could make it. If they found out I had alpha gal, that would literally be like a three week sentence. So, I mean, I'm terrified now you know i i walk out and we, even when we're in the field i'm ah, fuck i'm glad i'm bald i mean i always oh that's probably good i think of, i always want hair i always say that if i woke up one day with like long flowing hair uh like that guy that used to be on those uh love novels i don't remember his name yeah, Fabio. yes Fabio. 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 if i but Fabio. now that i think about it i'm so terrified of ticks that being bald yeah. i guess has its advantage, but that's what that's one thing I'm scared about. I mean, mm-hmm. I would literally go, "What state does has never had a Lone Star tick in it?" And I'll go try to play golf there. Yeah, yeah. So, right. yeah. Uh, yeah. So here we were we're starting to lament young people and the, their work ethics and things like that. Um, yeah. Some of the things I don't have, some of the problems that I have with them, and I do have a, a problem with. 
I think they feel entitled that they should just start at yeah. a certain level when that's not how it works. None of us did. Right. I mean, I think no. they forget what generation invented the iPhone for them. Um, right. But that being said, they there are some good ones. Like I, I have, gosh, because when I was thinking about talking about this, I was trying to think about all the people that just rubbed me the wrong way because of the way that they interact with society or what they expect and, sure. and, and all these different things. And then I started, started thinking about the good ones, like the old, the original Canon, Canon rep and our old Sony rep, Anthony and Trevor, those guys were right. amazing. I mean, and they had work at the, I mean, Anthony, I was always like, I would, I would be like, why do you draw? He drove from Topeka to Kansas city because he was, yeah. he wanted to be the Sony rep so bad. And that was the closest best buy that had mm -hmm. that position. And so he drove an hour each way. And I'm like, that is commitment. Wow. And, yeah. but you, you just don't see that. Uh, our, our tiny no. uh, business has been trying to hire uh, a part-timer forever. And I just mm -hmm. can't even imagine showing up to an interview of any sh shape or form. Yeah. Dress yeah. the no, way I mean, some of these people do. It's uh, it's hard. I mean, when I was in LA, you know, you notice certain things, right? You go to certain uh, companies or franchise, like In and Out, obviously is very big in LA. And every time I went there, it was the best fucking service, whether drive through or inside that you ever got anywhere else. They were like, ask you questions. They were jovial. They were I mean, very. Uh, I mean, their personalities were awesome, and obviously they hired right. And the closest thing I can say to that in Kansas City would be um, Chick Fil A, right? How many times you got to Chick Fil A? Whether well, they've been great, super nice, nobody has a bad attitude, or you know, it, it's just like it's uh, um, you know, it, it's ingrained in them. This is our philosophy. This is our company. This is where we operate. But other places you go, I mean, shit, to the restaurants nowadays, and you, you you feel obligated to leave a tip. But it's like for what? I mean, right. the waiter was horrible. Food was horrible. Why did they give you a twenty percent tip? Well, I will tell so, you this: I do not go to Chick Fil A because they do something that I don't believe in, and that's they serve chicken, which is gross. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing about like I can eat like I could eat chicken. Like if I was yeah. starving and that was the only thing. Are you chicken? Are you oh, chicken? I don't even like chicken. No. No, like everyone's like, oh, you should try this. Tastes like chicken. Try this. Tastes like chicken. No, give me something that tastes like steak. Why doesn't anyone ever says it right. tastes like steak? No, I, I mean, so yeah, so I am a very red meat and potatoes type of guy, sure. and uh, no fish, or yeah, nothing else. but that's why. That's it. So it's funny yeah. because before Chick Fil A got to Kansas City, like it is now, yeah. The only yeah. Chick-fil-A in the Midwest, because it was a very Southeast thing, uh, was at Johnson County Community College in their uh, food, their cafeteria oh, thing. Yeah. yeah. So when Bobby and I first got married, we would actually, and we weren't students there, we would go on campus, the Johnson County Community College, to eat in their cafeteria just because they we could get Chick-fil-A there. Yeah, it was crazy. Oh. And then it was funny because then as soon as they build one, like, Within walking distance of our house in Olathe, we stop. I mean, yeah. I'm just not right. a bit. Every, you know, when you can't get something, 
It's like, oh, that's so good. Like Whataburger. I'm going to say this yeah. over and over. Unless Whataburger comes and wants to sponsor this podcast, then all of a sudden, yeah. I love your burgers. Uh, I'm yeah, not going to say that they're bad, but it, every time I think, man, I really want a Whataburger, I'm always yeah. expecting more than what I get. Yep, and it's not. That's one of the other ones. They seem to be dysfunctional as hell from, you know, I can't tell you how many experiences my wife has had that I've been with her where cause she does this keto shit, right? So she's like, yeah. no bun, burger on the side, you know, just lettuce. It's a pretty simple order, right? So every time she gets it, no, well, she's like, they're fucked up. Or they wouldn't give you, a, she has no fork, no knife. I mean, it happens everywhere together. So napkins, McDonald's doesn't put napkins or forks or napkins, cost money. Even though you ask for it, can I get it? And you drive away, you're like, fuck, I didn't get it. I mean, so the simplicity, or the, the stupid things you think about that, why wouldn't you put that in? I mean, why, we asked for it, and there was, I, I guess you start tipping drive to people? I, I don't know. No, I, I, I don't get a fucking, I, I won't. I mean, and because, and, I just, I refuse, I, I just refuse to do stupid things. And just because other yeah. people are doing stupid things, I remember I do not, I dislike, uh, I'm so disinterested in coffee and Starbucks oh, that God. I can't tell you my wife's favorite drink there. And I wish I could. That seems like something that, because I don't like it, I should be hyper-focused. Because there's nothing distracting me on the menu I might like. So it should be have me hyper-focused on what she likes. But I always like I'm texting like w one of our kids. And I'm like, what does mom like this time of year? And so one day I went to, to get it. And I went to pay it. I was paying... I don't know, Carter cash, whatever. And they went to get ready to give me it back. And on the board, they had written, they had like questions, you know, and it said yeah. Star Wars or, or Star Trek and why. Uh -huh. And before they handed me whatever, they go, oh, you didn't answer the question of the day. And I go, neither. And they're like, really? Uh -huh. I go, do I look like a fucking nerd? And I, I just I mean stuck my hand. I'm just like... Don't make me, I don't want to jump hoops. Like so you, you need to, it, we used to call it reading the room, but I mean, it's in any uh -huh. interaction you need this person. I obviously am not like, if you point to that and go, you didn't answer the question. You should be able to see by my eye roll or my reaction that maybe yeah. you should just hand me my shit and, and wish me a nice day. That well, may here's the thing. Like, uh, uh, their R&D team or their, their marketing team, they come up with the weirdest fucking shit. Like the, once the other day, my wife, because she has a certain drink and I have to memorize it. I'm just like, give me mine black, please. So they're, they, like coffee foam, cream cheese, blah, 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 all this weird shit. I'm like, God, how do you fucking think about that shit? It's kind of like Taco Bell. They make up this shit every week at a meeting and, and they know people are going to be drunk. They're going to fucking eat it. It doesn't matter. But like uh, the, half the stuff at Starbucks, like I, I don't even understand what that is. An oat roots uh, syrup. And I'm like, what is that? I right. Mean, it's weird. And well, you're going to pay 12 bucks. So here, here's another thing that I just thought about. So one day when the line was too long, again, it's the same exact Starbucks because it used to be near her between where I worked and my wife worked. Um, mm -hmm. I went inside and. Yeah. I had given the person at the the person ringing me up and taking my stuff was different than the person that was like calling out drinks or whatever. Right. And um, right. so anyway, 
Uh, I'm standing there. There had been a couple other people that came in, uh, maybe a couple before, a couple after, and then people coming in picking up mobile orders. So a drink would be there, and so sometimes right. they would they would say a name, and then Noah and someone would come in the door, and they would look at the name and they'd take it. So things were going on, and so I I'm kind of paying attention. I'm not. I'm waiting for because I gave him my wife's name. Actually, I yeah. gave her her nickname, uh, which mm-hmm. is one of many. I I said Nipsey. Yeah. Which we grew up with a guy named Nipsey Russell, who uh, was on a match game. So, I mean, Nipsey was even a name. But this person, this young person, uh, after like 10 minutes, I walked up and I go, I go, do you know when my drinks are going to be ready? I've been waiting. They go, who, what was the name? And I go, Nipsey. And they go, oh, it's right there. They go, I was too embarrassed to say the name. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking? I was livid that I had been standing there, and you're too embarrassed to say the name. Are you kidding? I mean, like they thought there was a nipple connotation to it, maybe? Or well, that's exact. That's exactly how she did get. I mean, that's 100% why she has. Because you're right. Yeah, and I wanted that to be. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she's in her office at the dentist's office. She's the office manager checking people out as they leave. So why wouldn't I want her to have a cup that says Nipsey on it? So she's always having to be concerned about which way her cup's facing. Right. Uh, but yeah. to say, and I, I told Bobby, and it was funny because she just laughed at that because um, it was... I, so yeah, one, I mean, of my, just, one of my problems also is that we coddle the, it, you still see it in decision-making. So we go to what they would basically call a mega church here in Kansas City. I believe it. Yeah. It's the largest or, Methodist church, if not the largest mainline Protestant denomination, uh, Protestant, or uh, yeah, Protestant denomination, what, Church of the Resurrection. Core? Yeah. Uh, core. yeah. So, yeah. so, yeah. so yeah. uh, uh, where was I going with this story? So, um, I don't know. You're talking about, um, before this, we're talking about coffee and Starbucks and, oh, um, shoot. What was I going to say? Nipsey. Oh yeah. So, so, uh, so at our church, this is what I was going to say. I think someone was afraid to say no to a young person. So we do mm-hmm. these campaigns every year. Like, uh, so I, and you know what? Oh, fuck. God, I hate talking this shit out. Um, I was just, well, here's what I was going about to say is we do a different campaign every year. I go, I can't remember any campaign except the one I'm going to complain about. So mm-hmm. maybe the f- fucking fact that I'm complaining, because it's the only one I can really, I can't remember like this year's or the one previous to that. Um, yeah. But it was called the B, it was called the B campaign. And it was be humble, be kind, be. And so in big letters. And so what they did was there were yard sign and stickers and decals and bumper stickers. And they all had this. It it was called the B campaign, B-E. And it it would say B-E and then humble, kind and and something else. There are three different things. Mm The problem was the font they decided to use. That unless you know those are the letters B and E. There's no way you would. 
I have a genius IQ. I'm member of multiple genius high IQ societies, and there's no way I would have fucking thought that was the word B. Never. And and I look yeah. at that and I keep thinking, why can't someone say no? Like if someone comes to you and right. say, oh, let's use this cool font. It's really cool. No one's using a font like that. There's a reason no one's using a font like this. You don't have to say yes. I don't understand why the the younger generation feels yeah. like they deserve a yes. And, and yeah. a lot of people are feeling like they need to do it just to, I don't know if that's to... To acquiesce them in some way that they 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 yeah. shut the fuck up or or what goes on, but yeah. it just drives me insane because I I would drive down the street and people would have these yard signs out, and all mm-hmm. all you can read is humble, kind, and generous. I think it was whatever it was, mm-hmm. and but it does you can't read the B, and that drove me insane because I'm thinking of all these yard signs and people are like, what is this? Rorschach ink blot on the left side of this poster, and it's the letters B E, and it just drives me insane that people can't say yeah. no anymore. Yeah. Like they get offended. Yeah. Fucking a. No, the thing is, back in the day when we were growing up, it's like you're superior. You lean on them for for guidance and and obviously direction in your job, and they would follow it, right? But the kids today, they kind of do their own thing. They just don't really fucking. They're like, okay, fine. I mean, I can tell you how many times because I've been traveling lately that I'd check into a hotel late at night and the fucking knockers watching TV behind the desk sitting there. I mean, it's just the unprofessionalism of it. And we're talking about major brands like Marriott. That, right. that it happens. In. It shows it's a direct uh, reflection of their management, their GM. And I mean, I can walk into a hotel, spend 20 minutes walking around. And I can tell you exactly how the GM is. He's either... Ivory Tower, white management, which means he sits in his fucking desk at his desk all day and reads the paper and does coffee, drinks coffee, makes his rounds in the morning, or he's active in the process. So, you know, the guy, if you walk in, the guy is not active in the process and the front desk agent is leaning against the wall on their phones, you know, not paying attention as opposed to the person who's who's talking to somebody who came in and being very jovial and friendly and, hey, welcome to the hotel. You know, it's just it's obvious that, as they always say, the, the fish stinks from the head down, you know? So. Right. Yeah. And uh, it's – I just don't understand why we put up with it. When some people go, well, no one will apply for a job, I just find that difficult to – so my feeling is you can you can modify people's behavior. When I was a trainer with Sprint, a lot of times if I was doing full onboarding was two weeks. And a lot of times if we were traveling, we may overlap. So we may do one week and another trainer would do another, uh, a second week. Um, but if we were in our home area uh, when I was based out of Tampa and I had people for two weeks – like the first couple of days, someone would say, I don't understand this shit. And I would, mm-hmm. I would not negatively, I would just say, uh, you don't understand this stuff. What stuff is it that you don't understand? So I try to say stuff a couple of times. So, yeah. uh, so the second day, I don't understand this shit. Oh, what stuff was this? Mm-hmm. The, the stuff that you don't understand. So by the end of the yeah. first week, they were saying, I don't understand this shit. I mean, this stuff. And they would correct themselves. And by the end of the second week, they were just saying, I don't understand this stuff. You can, you don't even have to do it negatively. You don't have to be mean about, you don't, you know, in that case, I'm not even sure that 
they probably knew what I was trying to do without doing it. And I think that maybe they appreciate, I didn't call them out. Like, you know, don't use that language. We're, we're all adults. No one never heard the word shit before. I mean, you know, I don't give a, I really don't give a fuck if you're going to say that, but Mm -hmm. you know, maybe not. I mean, you don't always have to cuss. You don't always have to use those words. And that's directed exactly to my sister. About right. the use of I the F bomb. Got, got five words for you. It yeah. comes from their upbringing. Uh-huh. So their parents are who they are, and it, it, it's either innate or it's not. I mean, you're born with it or not, man. It's just like, you know, from a very young age, you can tell. I mean, I can tell you that, like Peyton Manning, his dad had him throwing balls when he was three years old. And, and give, I mean, forget about the fact his dad was a pro quarterback, but if you want your son to be that guy, I mean, that's what you do. You want to be a pro golfer and you got your kids to start early and they want that drive and desire and show you how to work at it. That's, that's part of what creates their work ethic, right? So, yeah. um, so it, whether it be sports or anything. I have been trying to uh, get, this is going to sound weird. And maybe this is why they haven't been on. I was going to say, I'm trying to get a couple of young girls to be on the program. Uh, they yeah. They work at a, retirement community that they're servers and a lot of times yeah. those people turn over fairly quickly a lot of times they're young people and they turn over quickly uh these people mm-hmm. a, a couple of them have been there for a while and they're very good and it's funny because uh-huh. I, I i see how they interact with people and i'm like fucking a the stories because sometimes you're at a table and you can overhear the story and you'll look over and you'll watch yeah. their face and I'm like, how are you keeping a straight face? Like some of the questions, it's just, it's just amazing. But you know, that is an amazing work at, I mean, cause I can't put up with these old people. I mean, it's yeah. my, you know, my yeah. mom's one of these people nowadays and it's yeah. sometimes it's just, it, hold on. I have a sound for my mom. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, you, you, they get to that age and you ask them a question, like, yeah. It's just amazing because I know, well, I was about to say, no, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think my mom's losing it, but we say that all the time. But sometimes lately she'll ask you a question like, like, uh, so there's yeah. this, she makes a meal. It's just called packages. And we said, yeah. one of our kids said, Hey, I want you, grandma, I want you to make packages. And she goes, well, I don't know how to make those. And I was like, well, first yeah. of all, you're the only one that ever fucking made them to begin with. And B, I mm-hmm. think you just throw a whole bunch of things literally in a package and cook them. So yeah. start there. Onslaught of uh, Alzheimer's, probably. Oh. Or does she have it? I, How old is she? 84. Yeah. I, you know, it, it's weird because my job, I interact with a lot of octogenarian plus people. I mean, 80s uh-huh. and 90s. And sometimes I, I see the people that come in there and I'm like, man, my mom really has it together. And then I'll see someone that comes in and they'll be like with their daughter who's like 74. And they're like, yeah, my mom's 97. I'm like, good fucking Lord. You know, it's just it, yeah. it, it's it, and, and those people and they're up and they're walking around and then it's like it, it, you almost want to tell them to slow down you know please mm-hmm. do not fall in here god for god's sakes please do not fall yeah. so um right. so i i don't know where she is because even the people that are there sometimes it's ah fuck i i can't tell you she's been at this place i think since 2015 
God, 15? Can that be right? I don't know. They've been, she's been, she's been there for quite some time, but it's amazing Mm -hmm. how many people seem to think they're meeting me for the first time. Yeah. And yeah, it's just like, okay. And and that's hard. I mean, for me, because I'm just like, I just, because to me, I just want to go, I meet you every time we come. And I don't know why that grates at me so much so it's so now that we we've talked this out it's the people that are older than me and the people that are younger than me those are the only two sets of people that bother me i guess (laughs) yeah well that's a pretty wide spectrum but it is um you know to a certain extent i i kind of uh agree with you the um you know, a buddy of mine's a chef, and he's worked at many uh, retirement facilities, and you know, he's he loves life because you know he's making tapioca and and uh, uh, mashed potatoes for them to eat because it's, it's relatively simple to feed them because they can't really eat a lot of certain foods. Um, but and their taste buds are shot, so it's not like it has yeah. to be spot on taste wise either. You know, if you're having an right. off day in the kitchen, they're not going to know. They're really no, not. and he. He spent 25 years in the hotel industry as a chef, and you know he was doing everything from foie gras to to uh, you know tenderloin, tenderloins to uh, bento boxes and sushi and all kinds of shit. So he's got great background, but he's he's really not being pushed or motivated to do anything above what he has to do right now. So, right. So, um, but he's like, you know what, Rick? I'm 55. Um, I'm just kind of, I'm kind of like in a and fourth gear, if you will, just kind of chilling, uh, doing what I do and I'm getting paid for it. And he goes, I don't, you know, it is what it is. I can introduce a lot of other things, but they don't want a lot of other things. So, right. you know, it's very blunt about it. So, man, I just don't understand guy. We've gone from one spectrum to the other. I don't understand yeah. how retirement communities, at least like this one. I mean, this is, mm-hmm. it's like a part, ah, Fuck, I just don't get it. I mean, like, the Villages, to me, looks fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Drive around in your golf cart. You're in Florida. It's warm. You don't have to worry about ice. Uh, you know, yep. they have lots of things right. to do. You got you could play a different golf course every day if you wanted, and you could go a whole month before you started uh, uh, going over the same golf courses again. So, I mean, I yep. could, there are a lot, but the place, like, where I'm glad that my mom is there. I'm glad that she's yeah. not in a house. I'm glad that she has neighbors. I'm glad she can go to the puzzle table, which I didn't know sure. that was such a big deal until they moved into that place. But, you know, I, I go to eat lunch with her every Thursday. And it's funny yeah. because probably 50% of the stories are about the shenanigans, the shenanigans that happen in and around right. the, the puzzle table. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm very glad that she has that, but... Yeah, I just, it, it's yeah. funny because my mom's always like, oh, we, we worked out today. I'm like, what was your workout? And she goes, well, we sat in chairs and we picked up our legs. And I'm like, oh, fucking God, what, what, how, how are you paying so much money for this? Yeah, uh, it's a lot, man. I've fortunate enough that, uh, well, not fortunate. My father is 87. He's still independent, living on his own. But my mother passed back in 15 and, uh, you know, he still show up as a sack and, and doesn't, you know, we don't uh, feel he needs to, to be in it. He still drives and everything else. And so 
you know, it's, uh, it's thank God, knock on wood. And I don't, you know, mom was still alive today. I kind of think that she would be missing a step, um, because she was kind of like that before she passed. But, um, you know, there, it definitely takes going back to the employees you're talking about these, these girls, it definitely takes a special person to, uh, manage that emotion, right. And to understand yeah. that these people don't know how to wipe their ass or they don't know how to do this and that. And, and Born diapers, they even die in diapers, and you know, to show them some compassion, because um, I mean, shit, these kids don't know that unless it's somebody that has a real heart. So, yeah, and that—that's what's pretty. That's what in in actually, our youngest uh, worked at this place for a while, and they right. were fifteen when they did that. And but but the problem with them, I think that they got treated differently there because every my mom is a social butterfly. Everyone knows her. So I my my full time job, I sell shoes to old people. That's what I do. Yeah. And there's a, right. a a surprising high percentage of people that come there that when I get their address, I'm like, oh, you live down at Tallgrass. Oh, how do you know? And I'm like, my mom. And if I if I say the name. Most of the time they know as soon as I show the picture, they're like, Oh, we know her. And, and so it's, that's just, it's. My wife's company has said them like five times in the last couple of years. Tall grass. Yeah. yeah, yeah, But but everyone knew that uh, our, our, our youngest child worked there and they knew who their grandparents were. So I think they got tricked. I don't think they got put through the ringer. Like some of these other people, like, right. I, I do think like one night, my, my mom was telling me, uh, I think it was my, my wife and, and maybe one or both of our, our kids went and ate with my mom and they had really bad service. And, my mom, of course, the way she's telling the story, because she always has to demonize. And by that, I mean, just always has to say something like it was funny. I wrote this down and I don't remember. I wrote down. Um, now I can't. Oh, here it was. Uh, the funeral was Catholic, but that doesn't matter. So my mom said that in front of us. And I'm like, because then I, I, went, I was like, then why did you why did you mention it? Because it obviously, ma- I mean, there's obviously something that's gonna. We're gonna need to know that they're Catholic going into right. this. For what? And I don't. I have no fucking. I don't recall. I, I I smoke way too much pot to remember any conversation I have with my mom because I just don't. Yeah. So here's where we're at, and I feel really bad. A my mom's best friend who passed away within the past year, her son has been helping my mom with her finances instead of our family. And the reason uh-huh. is we wanted to for a long time while my dad was still alive, we thought that we should probably be involved so that we knew more of what was, we were just that we had an eye on it that we kind of were sure. and that they didn't want that. And then now we're like, we just, kind of wanted to continue to stay hands off. And so I very much appreciate that, that these, these other people stepping up because I'm just like, I can't. And I don't, I want to, I want to somewhat blame the fact that I was adopted for this dissidence between, you know, Oh, "Oh, well, I just, I don't want to be involved in their money or, you know, what I just don't care that what, 
but I, I don't think that's it. I mean, I know my, I've met my birth mom and she's actually going to be on the show here in the, in, in the near future. Cause we're going to talk about, Oh, cool. Yeah. We're, well, here's the thing. So the reason she's going to be on the show is that I kind of have a disconnect with birthdays. They just, for whatever reason, I don't, especially my own, don't care about it. And I, I appreciate everyone else's birthday and I'll wish them a happy birthday, but I don't, I'm not an overboard getting cards, flowers, gifts from me. Yeah, I mean, right. that's, that's just so not let me ask you a question. Sorry. Interrupt. But how long ago did you reconnect with your birth mother? Uh, let's see. 2014 or 15. Wow. Right in there. So, yeah. so about 10 years. A niche. Did you feel like I have to know who this is? I have to meet this person. I have to, no, you know, after all those years, it's a long time. So, what made you? More so, so here's what happened in uh, 2005. I went down and petitioned Pinellas County. I was born in St. Petersburg. Uh, I petitioned the courts uh, to unseal. In 1967, they were uh, sealed records, and I petitioned to find out who my birth mother and birth father was because at that age we finally had kids we just had had our second child so we had two children yeah. under 10 and when i would go for anything medical and i was starting to i've now had 27 major mostly orthopedic surgeries and so they were starting yeah. to pile up and they would always ask what's your family history I had no family history. It was me. That was my family history. That's right. all, all I knew. And so I sure. had petitioned the courts and they denied my petition. And so you could sign up with some different registries where you basically uh, put in the day that you were born, the ho any information that you know. So mm -hmm. I knew the day, the hospital, and the way that I had actually figured out that I was the only boy put up for adoption that day because I love math. You can figure out anything with math. So I went back to 1967 and this hospital, Bayfront Memorial Hospital, and I figured out how, I, I went to the statistics to find out how many babies on average per day were being born at that hospital, and it was 21. And I figured out what the, what the difference between male and female was. Female was like 50.2%. Male was like 49.8. So I went, uh, okay, so you got, let's say there's 11 females, 10 males. Well, at that time, 9% of babies were being put up for adoption at that hospital. So that meant one in 10, basically. There were 10 boys. So that means that of those 10 boys in a day. So I was pretty sure that if I put in the date, that I would have been the only male born on that day put up for adoption. So I put in my birthday, the hospital I was born at. And then one night, I was actually working overnight. And I don't know, actually I do. We had just moved out to the country outside of DeSoto. And when we were setting up like our internet, we could get free phone service for a year. So we had a home, we continued our home phone number, which is what I, I logged into these registries with. I'm getting ready uh -huh. to leave one night and the phone rings and it's an 813 number, a Tampa number. And I'm like, uh -huh. huh. So I pick it up and I, mean, I still know people down there and things. So I pick it up and I answer and uh, they goes this uh, Rodney Martin. I go, yeah. And they go, uh, were you born in this state at this hospital? And hold on, hold on. I was like, uh, yeah. And she goes, I think I'm your sister. And so I was like, oh, so then, and this was, her name was Laura. And so Laura and I communicated back and forth and, um, about it just about things and 
I had been given by my parents, uh, been given by the adoption agency, like background, supposed backgrounds of my parents, like my birth, my, my birth mom and my birth father, uh, like what, what they liked, uh, like, I think it was weird because my like my dad was uh, six foot two, had uh, brown flowy hair, which when I used to have hair, that's how you describe mine. It was very wavy. It was weird because it said skin that tans beautifully, which I love the sun. And and maybe that's why I love the sun, because I read that early on. And then it talked about my mom and and everything. And um, so we kind of got a back and forth. Then I did a DNA test. Uh, to compare it with her, and it came up that I was that I was definitely her child. So then I drove to Florida, and I was like, took my golf clubs. I was I was stopping. I stopped in Valdosta. I stopped in Gainesville. I was playing. I stopped in Ocala. I'm playing all these courses because I was like, it's a golf trip where I'm gonna meet my birth mother. Because I, I was like, you know, there's still a, a small percentage I could get murdered here in Central Florida. I mean, who knows? Sure. Uh, but I went yeah. down there, met them. Uh, then I took the family down at Christmas time. She actually uh, worked for many, many years and retired from Saddlebrook Resort. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we, she actually. Mary, she, was that the Mary Island? Uh, no, no. It's uh, just north of Tampa. Uh, okay. Um, and so, uh, you know, she put us up there and that was amazing. And so my family got to meet. And so. We've talked and, and and it's been cool. But the weird thing is, I always thought that when I met someone I was related to by blood, that I would there'd just be I don't know an energy or a yeah. chemical reaction. No, I, yeah. I wouldn't have known. I mean, I could have been standing right well, next because I, you know, maybe uh, I don't see it. Older I, sister, younger sister, younger, yeah, two years. Uh, she do, 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 let's see. She's quite a few. I'm trying to think. Okay. I mean, she's she turned 40 since we met her, so she's turned. Uh, I mean, she's in her four, she's probably 10 years younger. I do have a, a brother, okay. Jay, uh, who's yeah. supposed to be on the program, but he's a lineman in Florida. And fuck almighty, uh-huh. if he's not working like literally yeah. all the time, I mean, yeah. And that, God, that, see, and that would be another thing. I would love to have him on the program to tie into what we're talking about because linemen uh-huh. is such a difficult job. And I think yeah. they're unionized because I think they basically, uh-huh. like, if there's a storm, like in Florida, they'll send, you know, linemen from Kansas City down there if they're needed. Yeah. And they're just told to go. And they're a dying breed. Yeah, it's not because they work their ass off, and these kids today, them can be. Them yeah, can so be so, what do you do then for the the infrastructure? I, I mean, oh fuck, there isn't. Yeah, yeah. You gotta pay more money, pay more money, hope they come. You know, it's uh, just the way it is. I mean, like I told you, the thing with my wife started the company, and and after COVID hit, I mean, these people were sitting at home, and Sleepy Joe was paying them three fifty, four hundred bucks a week to sit on their ass. So I told my wife, I said, you got to go out and recruit these people, find an end. So she found somebody who knew five or two people that, that were not working, sitting on their ass, just getting paid by the government. And so she approached him and said, hey, man, I can pay you 20 bucks an hour for 25 to 40 hours a week on top of your unemployment. I mean, that's a great deal, right? Would you like to double dip? And they were like, no, nah, we're good. So I'm like, if somebody would have told me that, I would have jacked off in front of them. Like, yeah, I'll take that in cash under the table yeah. to work and then get a free check from the government every week. I'm like, what? Are you fucking stupid? So 
it's just the mindset, man. The 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 fact that they they expect it to be given to them, and they haven't to a certain extent, you know, from the president we had and the policies we had and the way it was written up, and but it really doesn't benefit like me, you know. I'm I'm I went and filed disability last week, so I'm like I can't do anything. I can't even wipe my ass. I mean, I can't. I just. They're like, oh, I, I gave them 36 pages of documents for my doctors. All the surgeries are notated. Everything you know, stated. Then with the PT, all this stuff. And like, well, we have to investigate. I'm like, okay, how long does it take you? It's probably about four or five months. I'm like, okay, I might be die. I might be dead by then. Yeah. All right, go ahead and inspect it. Make sure it's legit. Um, and it's almost like they don't want you. You know, some people get it automatically, but other people just have to struggle and fight to get it. I mean, it's, right. Not like it's a fucking lottery. You get paid thirty hundred bucks a month to live, right? But you can't live on that. So, um, you know, everybody's different. But um, buddy of mine just got it for his daughter who has disabilities. She's four, and they give them, you know, because constant care is needed. Seven hundred bucks a week to take care of her. So, you know, I think they think the government thinks you're trying to fuck them and you're trying to get the money for yourself. I'm like, listen, man. And you gotta look at the work history, right? Look at what you've in Social Security. I can't get it until I'm 62, right. even though I paid into it, right, for the entire time. Can't file early at my age based on my injuries and my where my body is. It's just, it's. I mean, if I should, if I paid into it, I'm 54 years old, so when I was 16, if I paid in, since then, give me the fucking money. I mean, right. what what else do you want? Or why do I have to wait six more years to get fucking paid? So. It's just bullshit. It it's is. It's all circle jerk. Yeah. I mean, and, and that... I haven't even thought about retirement at this point. I mean, I have, but right. I, 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 I don't know. I, I mean, part of me is just like, eh, it's fucking going to work out when it gets there. But I, I'm lucky oh, because I'm, I'm going to hit 62 about the same time that the doctor that Bobby works for wants to give it up. So that means that she would be should be ready at that point too. Yeah. Although she she's not one of these young kids. She, I don't think she's ever going to be able to be retired. That she cannot. Bobby is one of those people that cannot sit still. She's one of those people like like my job would love her because my job really wants someone to be doing something all the time. They hate it when I just stand there and I stare out the window, but then they'll walk around and they'll like try to find something that's dusty and they can't or they'll find something that's missing a price tag and they can't or they'll find it. Try to find something that should be out and it's not and they can't. So they and that's the thing. They can't come to you. So just fucking leave me alone. Let me stand here. Pay me my fucking hourly, so if that bing on the bo- door happens, then I will say, "Hey, welcome. What kind of fucking shoe do you want?" And I, I, mm-hmm. I say it much nicer than that. Yeah, I do probably. I mean, yeah. uh, God, I do. I mean, unfortunately, people by the time they get to me, they're. I've never seen a good pair of feet. I, I have yet to. I mean, even sometimes we're hopeful. Like someone will come in that's like under 50 years old and we're like, please have kept good care of your feet. And somehow they don't. And you're like, how? How did you mess your feet up this bad at, at this early of age or whatever? Uh, yeah. And then the smell. Oh, fuck. Oh, I don't even get me started on that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, okay. So um, 
What do you got going on in your life coming up besides uh, surgeries? Is that about it? Um, pretty much. I mean, my wife's company starting to to do. Um, you know, the winter months are obviously horrible, so she's starting to come out of her shell and. She just got invited to uh, do the Super Bowl party at Power and Light with two other trucks. So they, they do it every year for the Chiefs. Well, when they go, and there's three trucks chosen to go, so she's excited to be one of them. And they'll ring, you know, twelve to $15,000 from noon until 10 p.m. that day. It'd be nuts. So Let, let me ask you this, happy. because you're, yeah. you're attuned with the Kansas City sports scene, and I recently uh-huh. did an episode which – it was the Talking Tampa Bay Sports with Rose Super Bowl edition, but I was talking about Royal Stadium because I, 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 I'm, I'm not a Royals fan. I was when we were in high school and stuff because Tampa didn't have a team and I lived here, so yeah. the Royals were good. And they had George Brett and Hal McRae and Frank yeah. White. Loved them to death. Um, yeah. But we do go out to Royal the K every year, Royal Stadium, to see when the Tampa Bay Rays come to town. And that stadium is beautiful. And I don't understand why they want a new stadium here in Kansas City. Like, I literally would want someone that really thinks they need a new stadium. I want them to to sell me on that idea while we're at the K. I want to be at a Royals game at the K and them explaining to me why we need a different stadium. Because that is, I think that's a beautiful stadium. And I will say, the the Rays have a shit horrible stadium in Tropicana Field. The worst, perhaps, ever stadium so I do understand yeah, I where I'm coming that. from, but um, but I just I just don't understand why Kansas City wants a new stadium. Well, I'll tell you this because they want to copy Wrigley, right? They want to be, and the thing is, I'll tell you the truth. Living in Chicago, I opened a hotel there, spent two years in in Chicago and L.A. when Inglewood when they built the stadium in Inglewood, which is not the old school Inglewood. It's it's built up, developed new hotels, and everything's nice. So the money is not going into the city. Like you go to go to Arrowhead Stadium, you got nothing but a gas station and a, a hotel for hookers, right? So well, why wouldn't you build up that area? I mean, couldn't well, you? Nobody, nobody wants to go there. They want to be downtown. It's hip, and that's the place where Power and Light is and everything else going on. Nobody's going to fucking drive out there to Arrowhead Stadium. It's just it's not going to happen. I mean, I agree that they've done some great enhancements to the stadium, but – you know, I, I just don't think it's just not. You know, being a downtown stadium, if you if you're in a great hip city like you're in Chicago, if you're in Boston, I mean New York, I mean those are like doing a copycat of of that blueprint. Um, so to make it work better, but I just don't. I mean, the Royals have had some great years, had some bad years, right? So they're they're giving you free tickets to go out to games sometimes, and, and the Chiefs will never have that problem, but. Bottom line is this is a football town, not a, not a baseball town. So it doesn't matter, you know, it, where you put them. You can put them fucking blow up bullets of fun and put them there. It doesn't matter. So I just that's just because I remember. I mean, we're old enough to remember uh, Wrigley Field didn't have lights when we were in high school. I think that came in like late '80s, is when Wrigley Field yeah. finally fucking got lights. They played every home game during the day which is just amazing mm-hmm. to think of now. And, you know, y- y- there's so few stadiums. I mean, we grew up, and I remember seeing games at Tiger Stadium, the original Yankee Stadium, when the Yankees and Yan- or, uh, Royals were uh, battling 
you know, through the late 70s and early 80s. It's just, I remember all those stadiums. And then we get a stadium and it gets outdated and torn down. I mean, now if a stadium's 25 years old, it's considered, you know, ancient. It's, I know. Uh, it, it, it's just, uh, it. it's funny. I play uh, Madden on Xbox. And so I always play with the Buccaneers. And sure. I always try to keep the stadium. So I always keep upgrading, upgrading, spinning all my, because I love their stadium and they always want me to replace it. They always go, oh, it's yeah. 25 years old. You need to replace your stadium with a new. I'm like, I don't want a new stadium. I love having a pirate ship. I love everything yeah. about my stadium. No, granted, I yeah, grew up, I grew up. You remember the old sombrero? I mean, the old sombrero yeah. fucking had metal benches in it. For God's sakes! Oh my uh, God! Yeah, terrible. Uh, but I mean, like going to when we lived in Chicago, I used to go to Wrigley, go to games. I mean, you had that was your spot for the night. You just walked from from the stadium to the other bars and bar to bar to yeah. bar, um, hit Rush Street, and and you would never turn back. I mean, like it is a way for Kansas City to make more money and for, for tourism dollars to be spent in the right place and restaurants to be busier and hotels. And I mean, just, there's nothing out there, man. It's a fucking ghost town. God, I'm going to hold up. I'm going to tie a couple things in here. I'm going to tie in the youth of today, uh, Chicago and sports. So it, it kind of, I think it's weird now because I don't watch a ton of baseball. I watch the playoffs because the Rays are there. I'll catch the Rays when they're playing. It's just too long. It's too long a fucking. It's like watching golf on TV. It's too long a fucking season, for God's sake. I mean, when you have YouTube and I can see eight minutes of highlights and I see literally the highlights and that's it. Okay. I'm pretty good with that. I mean, I wish. I'm glad that they've sped the game up in many ways. But now, and I don't know what the record is for strikeouts. But here's how I'm going to tie in Chicago and baseball. I remember a guy named Dave Kingman who played for the Chicago Cubs. And he, uh-huh. uh, I think one year he hit 48 home runs, which was a big deal back then. And But they would make fun of him. I mean, because he struck out too much. And too much was like 150 times a season. And I think that guys are striking out over 200 times a year now. Mm-hmm. And it just amazes me how even sport, because back then it was like, like now it's like, I'm just going to swing as hard as I can. And if I make contact, I'm going to hit a home run. If not, then I'm out. And that's, and and back then, back when we grew up, that's not the mentality. It was like, you're trying to get a hit. You do have guys like Dave Kingman that are going to get home runs, but you know, you can't, Guy, now the amount of money he would have made hitting 48 home runs, batting like in the 230s, and only striking out 150 times a year. God, he'd be mm-hmm. he'd be well sought after. Yeah, right. I just I I can't even stand. I haven't watched basketball since I stopped playing. But some of that has to do with that I don't play basketball anymore. But I don't think this is the I I don't think basketball today is the same game that we played in the seventies no, and eighties. Yeah. And that, that drives me insane. Anyone that I, I hear people that go, Oh, LeBron James is the greatest of all time. And I, I just, no, I will say, this is my disclaimer. I have never seen him play a game, Pro- probably much of any game, but I know I've never seen him cl- play a complete game. That being said, right. I would take, uh, I could name you a, 
a starting five and their backups from the 70s and 80s that I would take over LeBron James the, in a heartbeat. I mean, I just I just don't see them as being, I don't know. Like, it's like it, it, they're a sister almost like hockey now. It's like a pass to a pass to a pass. Oh, that was an assist. You get credit for that. Right. So, right. I don't know. Yep. Uh, okay. So, uh, you got your health stuff going on. Uh, your wife's uh, business is about to get booming. And that's awesome about congratulations yeah. for her uh, and yeah. uh, the Super Bowl. That will be cool. I forget. I mean, yeah, tell your followers, man, to go, go down to Pyre and Light, uh, go to Tina's Trucks, and uh, get served up some good burgers and nachos. They want to head down to Pyre and Light for the Super Bowl. It's the mad party starting at noon and goes noon until goes so late at night. So yeah. she'll be there. That'll be awesome. So yeah. I, I forget. I'm hoping I remember the, the Super Bowl. I, I yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I mean, honestly, I just. If it's not a Tampa team, I am so disinterested. And I try to yeah. be. I've tried. I'm so glad that the Chiefs are good because it really makes. Well, you were torn. When Tampa played the Chiefs, you had to be torn that game, did you? Oh, what no. Were you rooting for? Oh, my God, Tampa. Oh, yeah. Not, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have nothing. Now, my dad was rooting for the Chiefs. So, yeah. but that was different. So, when when we were in Tampa and we had season tickets when the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers started and they were shit awful. I mean, for fucking shit they were they were a bunch of bumbling idiots. There was free agency isn't what it is now. The the expansion sure. draft wasn't the same. They were awful. In fact, my dad's joke was we had a convertible at the time and when we'd go to church before the game, he would always mm-hmm. joke that he would, uh, with the top down, he'd leave the four t- or four tickets on the dashboard, hoping someone would steal them. But every time we'd right. come out of church, there would be eight tickets sitting there. Right. So, um, so yeah, no, I've all, and so I think that's why he was always anti uh, anti Buccaneers. Like when we got to Kansas uh-huh. City. I jumped on board with the Royals. They were great. I mean, yeah. uh, Pete LeCock lived one street over from us. Yeah. Uh, a guy that lived a couple mm-hmm. of those, uh, doors down was best friends with Cookie Rojas, so they were always over. Mm-hmm. When I started working yeah. at the video store at the mall, Jack, the owner, was a Royal Lancer. So a lot, uh, George Brett, Brett Saberhagen, yeah. David Cohn, you know, all those guys, because they knew him, would come into our store to buy video equipment. So I, I, right. I loved the Royals during that time, but you know, past once we left for school and they won, you know, they won my senior year, I guess your junior year in high school. And then, yeah. uh, you know, so my senior year, that was great. I mean, that was a great send off for me. I didn't play baseball anymore. And, mm-hmm. uh, so it was, and then, you know, I had the raise and I was just glad that we had a team in Tampa. No matter how right. bad they were, and I still say to this, my Lightning have won the Stanley Cup multiple times. Uh, Bucks have won multiple Super Bowls. I've always said that I will know when the apocalypse is nigh. As soon as the Rays finish off a season and actually win a World Series, then yeah. then I will be very leery of the next few days after that. Pretty fucking close, man. They've had a good team every year. Well, not lately, but they had a good run. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I don't get that. I mean, and I don't understand baseball's 
metrics and stuff are done differently. So I don't uh-huh. fully understand how a team can be so dominant during the regular season. And then yep. in the postseason, and I get it kind of like football. I think defense really takes on more of a forte in the playoffs than it does maybe yeah. so much in the regular season, but it, it, it's hard. To, I, I just don't see it myself in baseball because the Rays, you know, they, they're a juggernaut through the regular season. And then the last couple of years, they've kind of petered out and granted Texas got to the world series. I actually think they won this year. See, I don't even know. Yeah. But I mean, like you're making a great example of the chiefs this year, they were fucking horrific during yes. the season and they managed to get in the playoffs and, and now defense. they're playing like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, but you questioned like, is this team going to make the playoffs? And, yeah. and, and all of a sudden they just, <laughs> they just, they finally just woke up and, and this is what they do, man. They, they perform in the playoffs and they go to the Super Bowl and they win them. So exciting now, to happen. Now I am going to give a, uh, my, my input on Kadarius Tony for any chiefs fans that may be uh, listening to this program, uh, yeah. a, as a university of Florida guy, uh, Kadarius Tony was listed as a wide receiver, but if you go and watch his Flor- University of Florida clips, you will be surprised at the high frequency that they were more short screens and handoffs than they were actually running routes or catching passes. So, uh, yeah, yeah, he, uh, he he. There was a reason he was. I mean, he was listed as a receiver, but he he would generally mm-hmm. leave and and drop back into the backfield and either take a handoff or a quick shuttle pass, which may count as a, a reception. But he was yeah. not. He was not running routes and and uh and sticking his foot in the ground and making uh-huh. cuts and, and using his hands to draw on the ball. So uh, for right. all the, I, I feel bad because. Uh, Fuck! They keep talking about that guy, and I'm like, I could have told you. I could have. That is one guy that they could have asked me before they signed or traded for, and I could have given a lot of insight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I agree. Okay. So uh, okay, let me get your uh, prediction. I've already had my Super Bowl uh, special, and but this will be out before the Super Bowl. So, what is your prediction for the Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs? San Francisco 49ers. I have no idea what Super Bowl this is. 59, 60, yeah. somewhere in that neighborhood. L, 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 L. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a, a defensive. Uh, I think the Chiefs going to score four touchdowns at least. So I think it's going to be 28 to 17. Okay. There you have it. Yeah. That's it. That's my prediction. Yeah. I don't have a prediction because I don't know enough about either team to uh, make yeah. a prediction. My prediction yeah. is, um, well, my <laughs> my prediction, my my hope is that Kansas City wins. Uh, nothing yeah. against people in San Francisco, but Kansas City is such a football town, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. that everyone will be in a great mood at least until draft day. So, yeah. you know, that will be the next point where someone may get upset about the Chiefs and everything. And if they get a great draft pick, then it'll continue on till <laughs> next August, which would be great, or July. So I, that's right. that's what I love about the Chiefs in Kansas City and even the Royals, especially when they were playing well. I mean, the city rallies around their sports teams like uh, almost yeah. like college, like uh, like good colleges. Atmosphere. Yeah, it yeah. really does. So. Yep. Yeah. 
Okay. Totally. Okay. Rick, thanks for being back right. on the program. Enjoy talking to you. You bet, buddy. Okay. You got it, man. Good, good luck with here. everything coming up. Good luck. Uh, remember, if you're in the Kansas City, greater Kansas City area, or traveling into Kansas City to watch the Super Bowl with Super Bowl fans down at the Power and Light yeah. District, Tina's Trucks yep. will be down there. Go down there and visit. Like uh, Burgers and nachos, correct? That's right. That's okay. correct. That'll yeah, be awesome. That's the town. And you said right. twenty eight seventeen. So if it comes out exactly twenty eight seventeen, I will make sure I go back and steal this clip and put it out there so people know that you made that <laughs> prediction to a T. Please, please do. Okay, please do. I will. Everyone right. else, yeah. Uh, that was Rick Ross. He was joining the program. We talked about everything. So sports, uh, young, old, we got it all covered. Started in diapers, yep. ending in diapers, something like that. Correct. Yeah. 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 Thanks, Rick. Everyone else, thanks for listening to the podcast. You guys know me. My name is Dro. I'm the Stone Genius. Talk to y'all later. Thanks, buddy.